Hi, this is Andy Ferber and Nikki Velicities, and welcome to Nothing New, a Taylor Swift podcast. Hello, listeners. Welcome hello, back to hello. Nothing New. We are thrilled Welcome. that you are here. There has been, truthfully, a lot going on at the moment, and yeah. we wanted to talk about it. This episode is kind of just like a take purge after everything that happened in Australia, because truthfully, a lot happened in over the course of seven shows in so Australia. And honestly, the possibilities are endless now, and so there's a lot to talk about, because Essentially, Miss Taylor Swift has taken all rules off the table. The surprise song section of the Eras Tour is now officially like a free for all. Free for all. Yeah, it's an absolute free for all. Um, there are no rules. Previously, she did say that she was going to do, you know, no repeats. And then she said she'd restart in the new year. But now, Andy, do you want to tell or just. For listeners who know, you probably already do know, but if you know, you know. In, if you know, you know. Taylor has just absolutely changed the game for surprise songs in tour in Australia. I would like to tell the listeners. <sighs> tell them over the course of seven shows. So Taylor Swift just wrapped up her seventh show in Australia, her last show. She had two cities, seven shows, and theoretically that's slots for 14 surprise songs and um between those nights i am pretty sure she did a total of like 22 23 songs because of mm -hmm. all of these mashups and i want to take the listeners through the lineup of surprise songs that she played throughout australia because i think it's important context here mm -hmm. so first of all we're gonna start with melbourne which was her first stop so the guitar song was red piano you're losing me which we will we get our debut we will circle back <laughs> to that listeners and to no mashups then night two melbourne mashup of getaway car august and the other side of the door august is on the set list people i would like to emphasize that and then <laughs> piano was this is me trying so that's we're on six songs in two nights Melbourne night three, we had a mashup of Come Back Be Here and Daylight. Daylight. <laughs> We're going to talk about that in a minute. And then we had Teardrops on My Guitar. So we have nine songs in three days. And then we get to Sydney and we have Guitar, How You Get the Girl. And then Piano is a mashup of White Horse and Coney Island. And that night she also brought out Sabrina Carpenter because the beginning was rained out so she brought out sabrina carpenter to sing white horse and then night two we had a mashup of should have said no or should have said nar if you're australian <laughs> and you're not sorry and then we had a piano mashup oh this was not this was really mean of her to do but we had a piano mashup of new year's day and peace <sighs> kill me Sydney night three, we had a mashup. My cousin was there this night. She had a mashup of Is It Over Now and I Wish You Would. And then a mashup of Haunted and Exile. So that now we're one. on 20 songs. We're on 20 songs in six nights. And then the last night in Sydney, she played a mashup of Would Have, Could Have, Should Have, 
and Ivy, <laughs> which needs to be discussed. And then on piano, she played a mashup of Forever and Always and Maroon. Insane. Insane. Yeah. So Taylor likes Australia more than the rest of us, clearly. And essentially, Taylor Swift has decided to descend chaos upon us all because now it appears anything is on the table at any time. Yeah. She did 24 yeah. songs in seven shows. That is crazy. <laughs> that is an average of three and a half songs per show. So basically almost all mashups. Yeah. No, yeah, I mean Sydney exclusively all entire mashups. Except for no, oh. yeah, no, 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 because of um how you get the girl. Yeah, that was the only one though that she sang in its entirety. Yeah, everything else. I think she saw that the internet was flipping our shit and decided to keep going with it frankly that's, that's why I think, that's what i think happened i don't think i don't even know if she initially planned this for sydney or i mean she started in melbourne with getaway car and august and the other side of the door <laughs> and i think she saw the response to that was like insane and then just decided to treat sydney because she clearly plays favorites loves better um yeah, yeah mother's um, favorites but we're also going to get to the point if she's doing four songs a night we're going to get to the point that like by the time she gets to like germany she's going to be doing a mashup of like mccavity from cats and christmas tree farm <laughs> like we are going deep into the archives here oh that's if so funny can you there's no imagine? way she she keeps doing this though this is like a short term i don't i don't think that she's going to be doing exclusively mashups for every surprise song set i think it'll be like my my prediction at least she uh her next stop is singapore next week or this weekend march 2nd mm -hmm. i think mm -hmm. she's gonna come back in like she maybe she'll do some more sets of mashups because we're we're vibing with it right now I don't know. I just don't see this being sustainable. So I don't think she'll keep doing, or maybe she'll do one. It's a lot of work for her. It is. It's not, it's not super. I mean, a lot of her songs though do have similar chords. I love they our do. queen, but she is consistent. Um, so well, I don't, she's written you know. like 300 songs at this point. It'd be very hard to not repeat chords, but I, I agree. I think it's kind of a moment. Like I feel like yeah. She'll do more along the tour, but I don't think it's going to be like every night is mashups exclusively because that's a lot of work on her and it's just not really sustainable. Well, alternatively, though, it's like also kind of it, it's work for her. I don't think it's so much work for her. It probably takes her like quite literally like 15 minutes to figure out an arrangement and she's played all of these really? songs so many times. Probably. To me, that feels so hard. Well, it's like the songs you wrote too. It's like it, you know, and you, and think about it. It's not just like you wrote a song and you recorded it and you forget about it. It's like, she's been on tours for like all of the, for not all of the surprise songs, obviously, but like a lot of them have been in her arsenal for several years, if not 10 years, et cetera. So like she knows these songs so well and not that every night doing the same thing at the heiress tour isn't satisfying for her. I'm sure it is. But having that as like a little challenge is probably really rewarding for her because it's not like mm -hmm. the same thing. Not that singing a, a song for its like whole duration during that, that section of the, of the set yeah. is like boring, but it adds like a little spice to her own routine and like prep and 
totally. delivery and the reaction of the crowds you know i think it's it's probably totally really rewarding for her but who knows how i agree takes it or do. yeah no clue so nikki which which mashups hurt you the most because i know that i was hurt <sighs> deeply by some of these dude i don't know man there's <laughs> they're all like these combos were so killer i think off like off the cuff sydney night four i think <gasps> i want to say to me that might be the most powerful combo but like i don't know because they're all well, so I, good they're so good and i literally <sighs> saw i was scrolling on twitter yesterday morning and i saw like someone tweet like taylor swift performs a mashup of would have could have should have and ivy and i scrolled right past it because i was like no she didn't and like i had I forgotten that she was performing <laughs> the night before and i thought it was like one of those tweets where it's like uh like trump says he's a no i'm not gonna talk about trump on this podcast never mind um i thought i was like <laughs> you could though i think that'd be safe. i could though um yeah safe space but one of those i thought it was one of those tweets that's just like something that's so unrealistic like oh you know barbie is a horror film or something like that where it's just like that's obviously like a joke to- yeah, get like yeah. super joke or something. Yeah, like, yeah, like make a joke because I was like, no way she would do that. That's too good. Lo and behold, it was real. And those are like, <laughs> those are two of my all time favorite Taylor Swift songs. And then, like, yeah. what possessed her to pair those two together? Because they are so unbelievably different in like production and lyrics and all of it. Where does she come up with this shit? And like, that is a. Ivy, both times it has now been played as a surprise song, has been absolutely lethal combinations for me. The would have, could have, should have, and Ivy is really tough, but maybe even more tough is Ivy in its entirety with Aaron Dessner combined with Call It What You Want on the piano. That is lethal. (laughs) Absolutely lethal. And totally lethal. She came for blood with that one. That was an insane. For me, now I'm thinking like, I I mean, would have, could have, should have would have could have should have and ivy are definitely two of my faves as well forever also paired with forever and always one of my all-time faves with maroon one of my faves from midnights but i think so the like if we're choosing one mashup not like one night is in its entirety i think haunted and exile is maybe the oh. most elite for me because exile elite. one of my favorite songs haunted one of my favorite songs haunted just just like live is so incredible and haunted is just like it's so good live and like paired with exile it feels like spooky season like it feels like a spooky mashup to me you know Mm -hmm. which i love and and i'm not gonna lie debut should have said no and you're not sorry that combo like fucking killed me too that was i mean like i yeah love should have said no and i love you're not sorry i so i ride so hard for that song my Uh, sister loves that song too and like she was barely even like a sentient being when fearless came out for the first time and she and i were listening to like fearless taylor's version a few years ago and she was like you know it's a jam you're not sorry and i was like that song is so boring and then she kind of turned me on to that song but I told I know I I retract it I retract it, but I totally agree with you. Forever and always is really tough to swallow because that was my favorite song on Fearless, like from the time it came out until maybe like a few years ago. Like I had a real renaissance with um, Fearless, like just the song, 
when Taylor's mm. version came out and I was just like this song fucking slaps like this song is like youth in a bottle and it just makes yeah, me feel like basically feel the wind in my hair when I hear fearless and so that has now become my favorite song on fearless but forever and always was like my favorite like all growing yeah. up I just like yeah. loved it and it's the, best. it's the OG all too well it is the OG it's, all so too, it's the all too well before it could run and like it rained in your bedroom everything is gone is such a dramatic teenage thing to say and I love it so much so good so good. it's so good but for you also... Andy oh go ahead no no you go ahead because I know what you're gonna say yeah well I I think before we move on we need to discuss what you're we all know I think uh what your L was of the Australia surprise song mashups but would you, you like to tell us Thank you for giving me the floor to, to process yeah. this. So listeners, if you've listened to any single episode of this podcast, you know that my favorite Taylor Swift song is Daylight. And she did indeed play it again as a surprise song. And it was paired with Come Back Be Here. And there is so there's so much similar like build and energy and like like melodies in those two songs. And like they aren't songs that I would necessarily pair together but it was really sad because daylight is like you know it's such a hopeful romantic song and then come back be here is such a like a wistful like longing romantic song and obviously we know that she wrote daylight about joe and so then hearing her pair it with something that's like a lot sadder and just like begging somebody to like be with you yeah. and like make time for you and all that stuff was just like so fucking devastating but daylight and any in any context is a very tough L for me because I just I have a question for you that oh I was thinking about for my own like situation of like having a mashup is so cool but at the same time it's like I kind of wish like you heard the whole like, song yeah like it's like, yeah. like especially if the song she's mashing it up with is like my preferred like for like same. haunted versus exile i love them both deeply but i'd rather hear exile in its entirety on the piano and yes. at that point is like am i grateful i got a little bit of it yeah but like is it kind of i don't know i don't know what i would feel like if i was there right off because if i yeah. was if i was given a choice i'd obviously rather hear it in its entirety like if if she did not play if she played like some of the some of the verses of daylight but she didn't play the chorus or the bridge that would be devastating for me because those are the best parts but i would rather hear some of it than not hear it at all so it's like yeah yeah you know i don't know i guess it depends on True. what part she plays but like i would always rather hear the whole song um yeah. but i would say like come back be here i don't care about as much like i do i really like it but it's not yeah. a song that i'd be like oh i'm dying to hear that on you know live um but obviously daylight is like the ultimate l for me but i would say the other in addition to what have could have should have an ivy the other mashup that truly killed me dead was new year's day in peace yeah that combo holy shit two of that the elite songs that two was of the best songs in my opinion was that the night that travis <laughs> was there too he was either there night know. one or night two i don't remember he was there night i think he was there night one i feel like one yeah because they went to the zoo yeah, he was there on Friday. Yeah. I get the girl on White Horse was his. Was his. Where his surprise songs. But 
I mean, <laughs> New Year's Day is another one of those that like I want I would want to hear the entire song because there's so much like I don't know, there's so much so much like circularity it's to that like song. Perfect, like Yeah, and it's like a perfect yeah, song as it is. it is. So that's why it's it hard. Is. It's like it's when it's so good, like from second like the first second to like the last second of the song it's hard to compromise even for another great song the like yes yeah i agree that like continuity and like wholeness that the song gives front to back it's hard to yeah but for peace i mean i don't know man peace oh i mean peace is so good and so it's just like i would love to hear any of it period and she has already done new year's day i was there mm-hmm. <laughs> everyone take a shot I take a shot <laughs> take best, a shot best night fucking life and i will bring it up every chance i can i will uh, never forget that night sometimes i like think about the era's tour and i'm sure you feel the same nick i'm like did that actually happen like that was just like the best and i don't yeah. i just it was the best day ever but anyways <sighs> new year's day and peace i would really like to hear like singular um mm-hmm. but i think it's also important the combination melbourne night one red and you're losing me that we discussed that Mm, yeah Mm. i mean also insane combo um i love red like i love me that album has amazing and i love the song red i love that song me too i remember in high school i had um like my first boyfriend had this like vintage chevrolet like oh hot chevelle i think is what it's called i mean it was bright orange with like <laughs> black stripes dandy like i thought it was hot but looking back i'm like let me I'll hey it's all more. about context when you're 16 and your boyfriend has a chevy truck a la tim mcgraw that's hot oh i mean it wasn't a she- oh, he did have a chevy truck that alternatively he had two cars but it was like a it wasn't a chevy truck it was like a okay I don't know how to describe it to you. I'll send you a picture of, of that we did Please. a photo shoot of, which is absurd Please. and ridiculous by his car, which is insane. Oh my God. Um, I need to see but that. Like, it's like an engagement you know, like, shoot for 15 year olds. It literally is for like, I was 15, he was 18. It was crazy. That's so um, silly. So silly. But he had this car that we'd like drive around in, like literally didn't have, he'd like speed around and the speedometer didn't work and all this stuff. So, and then when we broke up, I remember, I think it like before we no it must have been when did red when was red released 2012 i was a senior in high school 2012 okay that timing works yeah so i had just broken up with him and i was like loving him was like driving a new maserati down a dead-end street oh my god Hmm. similarly to forever and always red (laughs) was my favorite song on red like obviously other than like all too well but i feel like that's a standalone thing but like red was my favorite song on red until taylor's version probably and then i had a renaissance with holy ground and like we'll talk about holy ground when we get to red but like i have such a special place in my heart for red too and honestly i would like i would swap out we've talked about this before but like in the in the red section i would swap out one of those three like top hit tracks with either red or holy ground yeah 100 percent 100%. or state of grace honestly state of grace live slaps it's how she started the red tour yeah that's true i that's yeah true. that's that song slaps live yeah that's Ugh. so true anyway but yes so oh wait we need to talk about you're losing me i know <laughs> that's what i'm saying so dude dude yeah we get a debut of this heart crusher 
gut busting you're losing me on piano first time performed live and i'm sick over i i'm sick over it too i cannot i cannot i simply cannot frankly i have I no words to describe the positively i feel like i'm I'm losing me. Sick. I'm losing myself. I'm losing me. I'm losing myself. I'm losing all sense of what is important because I just, it was too much. And the, and the tone was very angry and like also just yeah. hearing her sing like I wouldn't marry me either live was so devastating. I'm trying to pull up our, our text right now from when she did You're Losing Me. You're Losing Me. She announced the Bolter variant of the Tortured Poets Department and then white horse was the albatross was the albatross that's right so the bolter obviously the theories are that it's about joe like running out of the club and you know running away from her spotlight per se and the back of that variant said you don't get to tell me about sad and nikki's direct quote fuck me up andy i'm doubling down on this album i can't handle it this album's gonna be insane. I can't, Andy. I can't handle the excitement. I'm too excited. <laughs> All caps, that entire thread. And I would have to concur because it's gonna be epic and I can't wait. We've theorized on this pod that You're Losing Me is sort of the closest equivalent to what the Tortured Poets Department is gonna sound like that we currently have. And hearing like her play song. You're Losing Me, yeah, exactly. It's the transition song between Midnight's and the Tortured Poets Department. And hearing her sing it live, the tone was so angry, more than sad. Like, I feel like she's gotten to that stage of the, like, stages of grieving where she's just, like, angry. And the most mm -hmm. devastating parts for me were hearing her say, I'm the best thing at this party, which is just, like, a lyric I love. But the way that she said that, like, or the way that she sang it while she was performing it was so pained. And mm -hmm. it was just, like fuck like he really seems like he didn't really believe that and then also hearing her say i wouldn't marry me either is just always the it's saddest always, thing yeah it's devastating ever. absolute devastation and yeah i don't know Ugh, fuck i mean you know good for you i think that was melbourne right good for you melbourne you know melbourne good for you melbourne like melbourne. you know good for you guys I'm happy for you. I'm really happy, happy for, for you. you through really um, super, super happy for you for you guys. It I'm really honestly, fun. though, going back to Tortured Poets. So all of the new variants that she's announcing at the concert, I was just thinking about like, one, the fact that we've discussed on the pod before, like she is her own platform. Like she does not need PR. Like she just does. She really doesn't. She's like a one woman show. She has it all. She does it all. She doesn't need any media the fans do it for her which is just insane obviously but also thinking about like how many more variants we have coming and i was just like also so just rereading the track list last night i was just oh. looking at the cover the back cover dude and like i love you it's ruining my life it just hit me again and andy i kid you not this this is a moment a vulnerable moment listeners so don't judge Tell me, me. I'm, I'm probably going to start my period soon, which is why this happened, but I just started <laughs> tearing up because I was like, just reading the track because I'm like, I am so excited to be alive during so excited. the time of Taylor Swift. Like I am so, and just like having new music to look forward to, like 
again, it's no secret. Like I've told on the pod too, I've been going through a rough time mental health wise, just like it's a tough season of life. And like, I was Mm -hmm. just thinking about how excited I am for April 19th and like looking forward to have, to having new music and like, oh my God, I'm just like, I was just filled with this gratitude and hope. And you know, like if anyone can get me through big life changes and like the lows as well as the highs, it's Miss Taylor Swift and her writing and how just deeply it speaks Absolutely. to me. So I was just, uh, I was moved and I'm just so excited. But anyways, I'm so excited. It's going to be so good. And like, I also want to talk about the Albatross because that was the other uh, variant that she announced while she was in Australia. And Ooh, yeah, that yeah. bonus track, it's like an extra song on one of the like vinyl variants. And one of my favorite covers that we've seen so far it was such a pretty image of her obviously in black and white like her hair is very wispy and she's wearing this like super loose oversized uh like white button down shirt and it's just like a really beautiful image and the albatross is the title which the internet has deduced is a bird and it's a bird that like apparently lives the first six years of its life flying like off land which obviously is a metaphor for her feeling like untethered to the world during her whole time with Joe because like you know at first obviously it probably felt like flying she was like oh I'm like isolated but in a good way I'm in private and I'm like you know so mad madly in love that like nothing else matters mm-hmm. all of flying getting very metaphorical here and then you know eventually she starts to feel like disconnected and untethered and like if that is truly what the song is going to be about fucking induct her into the hall of fame because that like who thinks of that who first of all who knows what an albatross even (laughs) is and then who finds out that it flies for the first six years of its life over water like that is insane funny is i actually did know what an albatross was because it was a common i think it was shakespeare i don't i might be wrong but i remember discussing this bird and like the metaphor of the albatross in a literature class so it is like somewhat known i think in the poetry literary world like it's not unheard of um which is why i think it's also a very keen metaphor for whatever she's gonna you know like whatever she's gonna use in the song i can't wait to see what she does with that um but that's insane also just like the, the i just love how nice it is to not have to do all the digging sometimes but obviously like Ugh. i do like doing it myself but also it's fun to have information presented to you that you might have overlooked um totally and also like i oh, what was i gonna say about the albatross oh i don't remember i don't remember oh oh, oh i remember so again albatross is a bird it's also a metaphor to like describe something that like you can't escape from or like someone who prevents you from doing what you want to do but also i'm just thinking of a bird and in you're losing me she says like always rising from the ashes like which is Uh, a phoenix who died who's like getting tired even for a phoenix yeah oh yeah exactly so oh man exactly another bird reference so i'm just oh my God. so intrigued i i don't know if that they'll have any connection or if it'll be a similar sentiment there but i think it's interesting that she's you know riding hard for the birds oh, here man. and i can't wait to oh, see man. what the the next variants will be called because i'm presuming she's going to continue on this like the article the and then yes definitely uh and it's all like file name which feels very academic which seems to be the theme of this album because so far we have now the manuscript the bolter and the albatross 
I think there'll probably be one more in Singapore she'll announce, maybe two, but I think probably only a fourth variant. What are your thoughts on that? I feel like maybe five. I don't know. For some reason, Ooh. five feels feels right to me, and I can't explain why. I've seen a lot of theories going around that each variant is like slightly darker in shade and represents like the five stages of grief. But I think mm -hmm. the internet is kind of kind of fishing there. Yeah. But I don't know. Five feels feels apt to me. Yeah, I, yeah. I, but maybe. Have to see. I don't know when she would announce, though. You know what I mean? I don't either. Is Singapore? So yeah, because she's done on March 9th. So and she's done on March 9th until May 9th. So yeah, yeah Singapore is her last show. Mm -hmm. But she has two, like, she's doing a Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So maybe like day one, March 2nd, Saturday, and then the next one, like last night. I don't know. I don't know what she would do. I think maybe. there's one more. I don't know. I'm suspicious, but I don't know. I could be, I could be very wrong. You never know. It's too hard to predict with Taylor Swift. It's too hard to predict. Every time I think I have it figured out, I absolutely do not. Exactly. Um, but Nikki, I know you mentioned you had a couple of questions you wanted to ask me to discuss oh, on the pod. So some things I did want to discuss. One being, if you could choose a your own song mashup, Taylor Swift song mashup, oh. or like what's one that you think, like it doesn't have to be like your top number one choice because i'm putting you on the spot with this question but like if you could choose one what do you think would be a fun one to see or even just for the fans that you'd want to see the one that immediately jumps to mind at least for me because these two songs are like parallels of each other i would love to see red and daylight Ooh, that would be a fire it's like i mean daylight is the best um and we all know how i feel about it but like so many parallels in that song yeah go back read directly mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. like saying something like losing him was blue like i've never known missing him was dark gray all alone like that whole thing and then leading into i once believed love would be burning red but it's golden mm -hmm. like it would be mm -hmm. such a such a beautiful song focusing on like colors and stuff um but if I'm going to pick something that's like not daylight, because we all know how I feel about that song, <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel like I would really like to hear. Hmm. I can give you one of mine if you want while you're thinking. Yes, please. Um, please. Uh, one of my ideal combos. It's hard because one of them is in the set list already and I wouldn't change a single second of the 10 minutes of her duration of Miss All Too Well. Um, but All Too Well and my favorite off of Lover, Cornelia Street. Actually, I don't know if Cornelia oh. Street is my favorite off of Lover. I have to go back to our Lover review, but it's it's up there. It's up there. They have the same oh. chord progressions. Like I personally do mashups of them on guitar all the time when I'm just like jamming by myself because <laughs> they're so literally fun. the same exact chord progressions, which you don't have to do for mashups. Obviously, Miss Swift has, has shown us that that's not the case, but just like the sentiment in both, I love. Oh, I would just be a dream. It would just be an also. Dream. I feel like Cornelia Street and You're Losing Me would be an amazing combination. Holy shit, that would be like. That would be absurd. <laughs> I know. Like I know. Actually, that, that was another one that came to mind pretty quickly. Like was was those two. But yeah, I can't think of anything else. I'll have to I'll have to keep thinking on that and get back to you. But those are the those are the ones that immediately jump to mind. Hell yeah. Hell yeah.
Hell yeah. Um, I also wanted to discuss what we think of the Joe Alwyn slander because Mm. we had mentioned it like a little bit before, but recently the internet has been coming for his fucking neck. The memes are They really have. People call him jobless. This is something I just recently caught on to on Twitter. I was like, what? Who's jobless? Like, they'll literally be like, oh, Taylor and jobless. Like, they're so mean. And these tweets are going viral, man. Like, they're getting tens of thousands of retweets and likes and all that jazz. And it's, it's just making me, like, frustrated because... I know that like we're protective of our girl and I know that the album coming is indicative of a breakup album and is probably not going to paint Joe in the best light. But at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. it's like, it's, it's meant for our lives, not for her. You know what I mean? Like she's sharing it with us. Not so we can dig, even though it's fun to dig up the deets of like what happened to her. It's really for us to like carry with us in our own lives and our own experiences. And it's just like, let that, let that be guys. Like let this man live, like keep it to yourself. Like, I don't know. It, like maybe we'll find out more bad shit happens. That was like deserving of, I don't know, but I don't think anyone deserves like that much. No. Yeah. And no, like to be on blast like that. I mean, I think the spirit of it is mean, and I don't think that that's right. And, like, we don't really know what happened, and we never will. We'll know Taylor's side of the story, and, like, we're inclined to believe her side of the story. But I I don't think internet bullying is, like, ever called for. And I also, like, I think the the picture that's going to come out of this album is that they weren't compatible in the long term. You know, like, we might get things like you're losing me which is like fight for me like do something say something and I think that's sad and it makes me think like oh man like Joe wasn't the like committed guy to Taylor that I thought that he was but I don't know him and I don't think that you can fault him for not wanting the spotlight you know like I think you know I love that Travis is like so openly supportive of her and that he's like at her concerts and you know, but he's come someone who's like comfortable being in the spotlight. Like he's like the one of the most famous football players in the US and he goes on TV every single day. Like he's used to that. Whereas like Joe was a relatively unknown actor when Taylor met him. And like that's just not his preference on like how he wants to live his life. And like it's not Taylor's fault that she's the most famous woman in the world, but like I don't know. Like, I mean, I'm all, I'm always on Taylor's side because I love that woman so much, but I also just like, I don't think that you can fault him for choosing privacy and for like the massive, massive, massive attention becoming too much. If that's what the story is going to paint, you know, Yeah. I think that's just who he is. And I think that probably comes down to fundamental personality differences and like lifestyle differences. But I hope, cause you know, people are keep saying like he was threatened by, Taylor's success and all these things and I hope that that's not true I hope that it's just like it was too much you know like it just the attention was too much and I think I feel like that's probably what happened and if it's anything other than that I'm going to be really sad but I don't think it's ever right to bully someone on the internet what do you think yeah no I'm in agreement there for the most part I think it's like people are just coming down way too hard because they love they love Taylor and I, and I, and I get it. Like you do the same for your, 
your best friends and, and, you know, ride hard for them if they're dating a loser or like some person who doesn't appreciate them or has hurt them. Like, obviously I, I understand the sentiment is like, I think rooted in a loyalty that is Mm -hmm. beautiful, but it's just taken on a life of its own, unfortunately. And it's, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to watch, but I think it's like, it's going to, it's a part of the, it's a part of the territory, I guess. And I just hope Mm -hmm. that in the coming weeks, and then again, with the release of the album, which I'm sure, again, we're going to find out a lot more about the relationship and the breakup. I still hope that the inner interwebs will give Joe some grace. And I hope for the love of God that they do so that Taylor doesn't have to give like another John Mayer speech. Um, For reference, when she was about to perform Dear John, she at the Eras tour last summer, she had to like discuss with her family, like on stage, she was like, hey guys, so by the way, before I play this next one, I'm really proud of it. It's one of my like favorites. I'm, I'm proud of the songwriting, but like, we're all good now. Like the people I wrote these about, like we're chill, like just, you know, cause people were coming so hard for Jake Gyllenhaal so on hard. the internet after all two L 10 and with the red Taylor's version release. And she saw it. She, she knows what's going on. She knows what people are saying. She knows that people are like jabbing on Joe too. And I, I wonder if she'll, if it'll get to a point where she'll have to do another scolding. Um, I hope that's not the case. So me too you know listeners out there yeah everyone be nice and there's like a difference between saying like "Ooh, like joe alwyn you're gonna get it or like in my direct quote uh joe alwyn your ass is grass which i do believe but there's a difference between saying that and then like making making public claims that like joe is a bad person and like deserves to be publicly vilified like that is a whole different thing and like we don't know him we don't know her and it's really none of our business, but like it's obviously we. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I just think of the Sean Mendez live detector that interview. That was really funny. That Every was really time. Funny. Okay, if y'all haven't listeners, if you haven't seen this video of Sean Mendez doing a lie detector test, <laughs> where they ask him about oh. Joe Allen, and he gives the most long-winded hilarious answer of being like yeah i like him and then he's lying and they're like oh it's he's, so funny he's like he's got kind of he kind of looks like a villain <laughs> that is pretty funny hilarious not lie. um in hindsight very funny but yeah agreed agreed completely with the vilification of joe allen needs to end and let's just and i also think like taylor trusts us with that kind of information and like obviously she never says anything outright like we only know what she puts in her music but she puts that out there and it's vulnerable of her to put that out there like so publicly where she knows a million people are going to pick it apart and if the if the fans continue to like be on bad behavior per se not all the fans but some to the point where she has to give us like multiple talkings to i i i would fear that it would eventually lead to being like okay well you kind of lost your privileges and i would hope not because like creating music is obviously what gives her life but like she trusts us with that information and we need to be responsible with it definitely definitely we need you to know. be responsible swifties out there okay okay yes we do so everybody be on your best behavior or mom is going to not let us play anymore <laughs> yeah. we want to play please we want to play and when we want to play we want to play and we're so excited for april 19th we're so excited holy so shit. Excited. Ugh. 
Well, Nikki, this has been super fun. Oh my God. How I, I just love Taylor Swift. I love you. I love this pod. I love the tortured poets department, even though I haven't heard a second of it. I want it so bad. I'm so excited. I'm, I'm, I'm prepared to make that album my entire personality effective April 19th. So apologies in advance, but maybe who knows, maybe I'll hate it. Maybe it will be a flop for myself. I don't know. It won't, it won't be. No <laughs> it way, won't buddy. Be. There's no, no chance. Way, I was laughing buddy. as I was saying that. I'm like, there's just no chance. Um, no yes. way, buddy. What a joy. It's like Stanley Tucci at the runway offices in the Devil Wears product. Gerger loins. Oh my God. Exactly. It's going to be good as hell so <laughs> great prepare yourself friend <laughs> i'm so excited prepare uh, yourself uh, well i love you nick and this has been so fun and i can't wait to chat more soon i love you thanks for listening everyone